So we've gathered together to uh, worship God and to uh, hear God speak to us. And uh, so this morning we're, we are hearing God speak to us through the Apostle Paul's letter to the Corinthians, the first letter, in beginning chapter 12, verse 4. These, uh, this passage may be familiar to you, um, but it always speaks to our need. So listen to the word. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit to another gifts of healing by that one spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophesy, prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? <clears throat> and if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as He wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and the parts that we think are less honorable we treat with special honor, and the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving honor to the parts that lacked it so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And in these words from 1 Peter chapter 4. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. In the New Testament a variety of images or metaphors are used to describe the church. The church is variously described as the bride of Christ, 
the temple of the Holy Spirit, the flock of the Good Shepherd, the people of God, the family of faith, just to name a few. A New Testament scholar has uh, come up with 96 different images or metaphors describing the church. The Apostle Paul's favorite way to describe the church, however, is to say that the church is a body. It is the body of Christ. Paul says the church is nothing less than the physical embodiment of Jesus Christ in the world. We are the very hands, the feet, the eyes, the voice of Jesus himself in the world. Now, you are the body of Christ, says Paul, and you are individually members of it. Now, that is really a powerful image when you think about it. We are the body of Christ. St. Teresa of Avila, who lived in the 16th century, put it this way, Christ has no body now on earth but yours, no hands but yours, no feet but yours. Yours are the eyes through which Christ's compassion is to look out to the world. You are the feet with which Christ is to go about doing good. Yours are the hands with which Christ is to bless all people now. Now, a body has many parts, and each part makes a contribution to the health of the whole. Every part of the body is important. Which is to say that everyone in the church has something to contribute to the body. No one is overlooked. Now to each one, says Paul, to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And in the New Testament we find various lists of manifestations of the Spirit or spiritual gifts. Here in Corinthians, Paul talks about the gifts of wisdom and knowledge, faith, healing, gifts of prophecy, of tongues, discernment, and so on. In other places, he mentions gifts of teaching and administration and hospitality and works of mercy. Peter mentions gifts of speaking and serving. These lists are just examples of the wide variety of gifts and talents and interests that God has given His people. Now, it may seem that some people seem to have more than their fair share of gifts, but the point is everyone has something to contribute, no matter how small, no matter how humble. Every gift is necessary for the, for the good of the whole. If one part of the body is missing, if it refuses to function, if it's diseased, then the whole body suffers. The whole body is impoverished. Everyone is needed. Everyone has a role to play. The fact is, we need each other. I remember having lunch with a, a group of guys. We were sitting at table. It was a men's retreat, and uh, we were all sharing kind of our background. And uh, I remember one guy said that he had uh, a degree in mechanical engineering, and he proceeded to tell me about how he was using his mechanical engineering. And, and uh, I am in awe of people who understand mechanics. I don't have a mechanical bone in my body. 
I don't care about how things work. I don't have the patience to find out. I just want things to work. But thank the Lord there are people that figure out how things work and can actually fix them. And I was telling this guy, I mean, I'm in awe of you. I mean, I just don't have that frame of mind at all. And, and you know, I wasn't that great in math. And, and uh, uh, yesterday we had a wonderful memorial service for Bob Wills, a member of our church. And uh, he was an electronics engineer. And he, he would spend a lot of his time talking about integrated circuits and electronics and so on. And he would talk to people about his passion. And <laughs> most people actually didn't have, a, didn't have a clue what he was saying. But they enjoyed being with him. And I, I remember he, he got on the electronics subject, and I, I didn't have a clue. Um, man, I just don't have that gift at all. But I admire it. I, I'm in awe. I'm also uh, uh, in awe of those who have technological gifts, you know, who understand computers and technology. I have two sons who are computer programmers. And uh, um, Stephen, uh, our computer programmer who, who works at Microsoft, um, is doing something over there. <laughs> I ask him now, Stephen, what do you do again? I mean, what do you do? And Stephen will say, Dad, you wouldn't understand it even if I told you. See, he knows me well, right? Man, engineers. Of course, I'm meeting engineers all the time in the course of my ministry because this community is full of engineers. I mean, with Boeing and, you know, the tech companies and so on. So I was expressing my sense of awe to this guy who was a mechanical engineer, and, uh, and I shared my background, you know, which is very different, more liberal arts. And, you know, another guy at the table said, man, it's clear, we need each other. We need each other. And, uh, man, that really is, is the case. Uh, it's so true in the church. And I am so grateful for folks in the church who know about business and finance and technology, and computers, and electrical wiring, and cooking, and gardening, and then all those other gifts, um, important gifts of, um, you know, the people people who, who come alongside people so well in their, in their need, and those who have a, a gift of being able to, to teach, and those who love children and are really good with children, and those who teach Sunday school, and so on and on. I mean, just to name a few areas of expertise so many of those areas that I don't know much about. But I'm grateful for those folks. But you see, God in His wisdom has designed us to be not in ourselves well-rounded, multi-talented, thoroughly complete and independent people in our own right. But quite the contrary, God has designed us to be incomplete so that we must rely on others to make us whole. We are dependent upon the special contributions of others. I think I saw this on a greeting card. The, the saying has never left me. We may not have it all together, but together we have it all. We may not have it all together, but together we have it all. The human body functions beautifully when each of the parts operates according to its design and function, each complementing and enriching the others, and so too the church. When all the gifts are mobilized and, and each member is making his or her contribution, the church is healthy, 
It's powerful, it's effective in accomplishing its mission in the world, and it's realizing its potential. But there are a couple of attitudes uh, that are abroad in the church today that tends to undermine the proper functioning of the body. There is the attitude of inferiority or low self-esteem. And Paul captures this unhealthy attitude, he says. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. It's the attitude that says, hey, I have nothing really to contribute. I mean, uh, what can I give? What can I do? Um, you know, and then, you know, then we compare ourselves with others who seem to have all these gifts, and we say, what was me? We declare ourselves deficient, and then we just kind of bottle up our gifts, even if they may seem small or humble. We put ourselves down. We assume that our gifts are too small to share and thereby denigrate the unique design that God has placed in us. Well, then maybe we should just blame God because it was the Lord, after all, who made us, each of us, and who designed us uniquely so that we are needed in the body of Christ. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, says Paul, and He gives them to each one just as He determines. So could it be that God knew what He was doing when He made us? Uh, one pastor, Gordon Cosby, puts it this way. He says, Christ makes each of us something unlike any other creation fashioned by God. Something wonderful, exciting, exciting, unique, something specifically needed in the total body of Christ. This uniqueness, this very self is so hard to describe. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's the primary gift we, we bring to the body, and without it, the body is immeasurably impoverished. The body of Christ desperately needs you. You are needed just as you are. There is no one like you. You are unique. You offer something unique to this body. No gift or talent too small, too insignificant to share. If you withhold your gift, this body is impoverished. It just isn't working at full capacity. So that's the first attitude that undermines the working of the body is this, you know, I can't, I don't have, I can't do anything. I'm inferiority, low self-esteem. And the second unhealthy attitude that, that destroys the proper functioning of the body is an attitude of superiority that fails to value others or see the value of others. Verse 21 of this 12th chapter, Paul sees the upper parts of the body looking down on the lower, eye over hand, head over feet. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. To see yourself as totally self-sufficient, uh, to see yourself as totally independent is an attitude of superiority. It's, it's saying, I don't need you. I've got everything all together. I have no needs. Stay away. I don't need the rest of the body. I don't need the church. I'm complete in myself. 
And we think we really have it all together within ourselves, and we put on a facade. And unfortunately, the church is a place where that facade is too frequently displayed. We play this, uh, you know, the facade is, you know, we, we project an image that we have it all together. One commentator writes of the average church, our churches are filled with people who outwardly look at peace, but inwardly are crying out for someone to love them, just as they are, confused, frustrated, often frightened, guilty, and often unable to communicate even within their own families. But the other people in the church look so happy and contented that one seldom has the courage to admit his own deep needs before such a self-sufficient group as the average church meeting appears to be. I think that's true in many ways in the church. We, we, again, we project this image that, oh, I, I'm doing just fine, you know. How are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. When, in fact, you're crying inside. So we need to be able to say, hey, I need you. I welcome you into my life. I benefit because of you. You have gifts and you have a perspective I don't have. You help me to become whole. So that instead of an attitude of inferiority or superiority, then you and I must cultivate an attitude of interdependence, interconnectedness. Interdependence means you are incomplete without me, and I am incomplete without you. We need each other. We are to, to be in ministry to one another, which makes me think of an old story uh, about a, a blind man and a lame man who happened to come to, uh, uh, at the same time, to a particular stretch of a very difficult road. Uh, it was full of obstacles. And the blind man begged the lame man to guide him through this difficult stretch of road. And the lame man said, well, how can I do that, as I'm scarcely able to drag myself along? But then it occurred to him, the thought occurred to him, but if you were to carry me, I can warn you about anything in the way my eyes will be your eyes, and your feet will be mine. And the blind man said, with all my heart, let us serve one another. And so taking his lame companion on his back, they traveled with safety and pleasure. So it should be, you see, in the church, each of us serving each other with our unique contribution whatever that contribution may be, so that together we can fulfill Christ's mission on earth. So as I look at on this, out on this congregation, the people in this room, I am totally impressed by the gifts present, by your talents, by what God has given you. You are blessed. And we are called to share those blessings with others. Now, can you imagine if every one of us was contributing in some way, yes, even in a small way, and we were all functioning as God has designed us to be within His body, the church, there would be no end to what we could accomplish for Christ in this place. And so I ask you, what 
might you give? How might you serve? How might you, how might you get involved and connected with this church body? Because surely being part of the body of Christ is more than just coming here on a Sunday morning and listening to a sermon like a consumer, but it's about serving the Lord and then serving one another so that we can become all that God has called us to be corporately and individually. Paul says, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. And so in the name of Christ, please share your gift. Make your own unique contribution. Please get involved. Jump in. Get to know people. And let's be willing to receive from one another because we need each other. Remember, we don't have it all together, but together we have it all.